we are on Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perik Bet. I'm sorry, Sefer Malachim Bet, Perik Gimel, Pasuk Chaf Beis, Vayashimu Barboker. So when we ended yesterday, we we were in a situation where Moab was facing across the battle lines with the combined armies of Yehoshaphat, Melech Yerushalayim, Yehoram, Melech Yisrael, and Melech um, Edom, ready to charge. Before that, the two things that we left open yesterday and that are very relevant to today. We are fighting Moab. Moab, the directions from the Torah are historically very contradictory. On the one hand, we have a Pasuk in Devarim that tells us that because Moab is a descendant of Lot, who is Abraham's nephew, and who did a lot of chesed for Abraham and with us. Therefore, the Torah says, and I quote in Zavarim, by Yomer Hashem Eli, this is Moshe speaking, Al-Tsar-Sar do not seize, do not put Moab into a siege, but Al-Tsar-Sar do not engage them in war. In other words, do not fight Moab because you're not going to get any of the territory I've reserved it for Moab. But, but what happens if Moab is the one attacking? Then, of course, if it's a defensive war, yeah. there's no question. But then it says in later in Zavarim, in Gimel, Lo Sidro Shlomam, don't seek their welfare, the Tovasam and their prosperity, forever. Don't even bother with them. And we know that a Moabite cannot convert, cannot enter into the Kahal Hashem. And so we raise that question, what about Ruth? Ruth was a Moabite, and the, and the progenitor of David and Malchus David. The exception, the Gemara says, is it applies Moavi below Moavia. So we see there's just contradictory instructions as to what to do Moab, and now we're facing Moab in a battle. The answer seems to be that because of the later one occurs when Bilam, who is a Moavi, does those terrible things we tried to curse B'nai Yisrael. Moreover, that starts the whole terrible thing at Baal Power. And so therefore, all bets are off. Moab is an enemy just like any other enemy. Then we have an instruction in Dvarim. It said yesterday in Elisha's instructions to the army, complete destruction of the city. The Havasian called Ir Mivsar, put every city under siege, the whole Tapil. 
and every tree, every good fruit tree, fell, destroyed. We have a Pasha in Devarim, Perikhoff Pasha Yudhesh, that says to us specifically, Kitsar El Ha'ir, when you put a city under siege, Yamim Rabim, many days, do not, under any circumstance, cut down their fruit trees. Don't apply an axe to it. Do not destroy a fruit tree. How do you reconcile that with Elisha's instruction? And there the Mephoshim says, he says, it's a harasha here in the battle with Moab. It's something that had to be done. You can, under a Navi's command, or Sanhedrin, not obey a certain scripture just for that one time. So we see Eliyahu on Harhar Carmel, that test with the ball, he um, does an outside carbon, etc. It's permitted to. We see that Yoshua fought in Eureka on Shabbos. So there are plenty of examples of that where for the moment, what they call a harasha'ah, for that one time, you can suspend it, and that is suspended in the conquest of Moab. So now, the battle is joined, and remember, we did that miracle, Elisha did that miracle, there was no water, he told them, dig these furrows and pits into the desert floor, and you're not going to see rain, you're not going to hear thunder, it will fill with water. And that's what he did. So now, Moab wakes up the next morning, we're going to pick it up on half days, by a Babelka, they get up, the Hashemesh Zorcha al the Kaddish Barton made the sun extremely red. So They see that that water is as red as blood. It creates the illusion, the sun on the water. Remember, there was never water there before. So they see what looks to them as a giant pool of blood. So, they think to themselves, So they say, these three armies fought with each other during the night, killing each other, etc. This is their blood. And now, go out and get the booty the treasure, loot the bodies, this is our day. And the Mephoshim say they're so excited, they leave without their arms, better to carry home the spoils. They leave in that formation, they come as a wild mob, by Yavoa Machane Yisrael, they come to the Machane, by Yakumul Yisrael, by Yatu Eshmoa, by Yanusu they slaughter Moab. And Moab flees back into the city, and that's not enough. Now, by Yakubah, the Hakos is Moab, they follow them into the city. 
והרים יהרוסו לדשרוי דסיני וכל תלקות טובו, every good part of the city ישליחו איש אבנו ויצנת קלפות שלונזין ומאורו וכל מיון מיון ישלמו, they block every well. וכל עץ טוב יפילו, and now back to those fruit trees, they destroy every fruit tree. אל השאיר אבוננו בקיר that they destroy every stone in the wall, leaving just the mortar. And they surround it with catapults and defeat. And the king of Moab sees the water is a disaster. In a last funeral attempt, he takes 700 men and with swords, decides to go to split the armies and attack Edom. He attacks Edom perhaps because it's the weakest of the three armies, could be the same proportion as the closest. Nonetheless, he attacks Edom and can't do it. Below Yechol. Now, strange incident. By Yechach Espinoha Bechor, he takes now we're not sure whose son. He takes his son, it looks like, Habakar, the eldest son, Asher who rules, who will rule under him. He puts him up, sacrifices him as a burnt Ola on top of the wall. There's a terrible anger at Israel by by the Shuvah And it looks like at this point, Israel just turns around and goes home. So what in fact happens here? Some say it's not his son, but if you will remember, there was a parish we learned yesterday that the reason Edom comes into the war against Moab is that the king of Moab had captured the Bechor of Edom, the king's son. And some say this was the king of Edom's son he was sacrificing. Some say it was his own son. So the next person says, well, you show, you show, they're angry at Israel. Who's angry at Israel? Some say that if Edom is angry at Israel that they let this happen, that the king of Edom's son was sacrificed. Some say the Kodesh Baruch becomes very angry at B'nai Yisrael. Why? Interesting measures how the king of Moab absolutely defeated from the city, in the city, asks one of his advisors, why is it that these people get such miracles from the Kodesh Baruch He answers him, because of their willingness, their complete emuna in the Kodesh Baruch in the willingness of Avraham to sacrifice his own son to the Kodesh Baruch And from this, he gets the brilliant idea, he's going to sacrifice his own son, propitiating the Kodesh Baruch and he will start be the beneficiary of miracles. Problem is, that's not what the Kodesh Baruch wants. Kodesh Baruch doesn't want human sacrifice of any kind including Avraham's son, Yisrael. But he sees from this 
that these people, Moab, at least are trying to work something where they can appease the Kodesh Baruch Hu. They believe in the Kodesh Baruch Hu's powers. And it brings to his mind all the Avodah and all the terrible things B'nai Yisrael did. His own people just turn on him, go to other gods, and these guys are looking for a way to reach him, etc. Wrongly, they, the way they choose, but they're trying. And so he's angry at B'nai Yisrael, and at this point, the Ruach of Hashem leaves them, they realize it, they turn around, and they head home. So now we are going to go back to Elisha, and we're going to see a miraculous episode again of Trias HaMason, as Eliyahu does, starting 8.45 Monday, Adkan.